and welcome back to Sea Red UK, where quite simply, it's a Chicago Bulls thing. Wherever you're listening, if it's available, rate, review and subscribe, helps us out, and make sure you don't miss another episode. I'm Matt, and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm good, Matt. I'm good. How are you keeping? Yeah, it's been a long day, um, and it's not giving me a lot of prep time for this one. We're not getting ready for games, are we? So No, which is a good and a bad thing. Yeah, heavy cloud and all that. <laughs> I think at the minute rain it's full of rain clouds though, isn't it? So Yeah, there's not much sunshine splitting through them. No. So yeah, obviously, as everybody's well aware, the bull season is over. And we're gonna start our bulls review or season review in this episode. Uh, as you're probably aware, if you've listened and follow us on the socials, we have been running polls as well to gauge other people's opinions. And the first lot of results have been going out tonight, uh, well, just before we started recording, actually. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the Bulls as a whole, Billy Donovan, and then start on the players. Uh, and we'll give other people's opinions first, and then we'll say what what we think um so we'll start off with the bulls as a team uh obviously this covers the whole season from i guess going in from pre like the off season to pre-season everything that ak did or didn't do <laughs> uh and obviously how the team performed on the court uh ultimately not very well um Obviously, we've been running the polls, like I said, and the result of that was a grade C. And obviously, a few people have commented as well. I'll just read some of them out. Um, Midnight Walker. Uh, it would be a D minus, but Pat Bev coming in and helping the locker room really did make a difference. Not sure if they bring him back, but it shows a veteran voice to keep things in the right direction is needed. Um, Chuck Cheese, please. <laughs> uh, fans are absurd. How anyone could grade a team that moved backwards, anything average or below, is beyond me. We have a below average team with two all NBA players, but the Bulls deserve a B or C? Question marks. Insane. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, pigeon, hashtag C Red NZ. So I'm guessing from New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, incredibly inconsistent. Some real highs, some very, very lows. Ultimately, to miss the playoffs, take a step back from last year, and failure to make moves too seriously, uh, to seriously improve the team. That's a very disappointing season. C minus for me. Feels generous, but the good wins boosted it. Um. Bear down. Bulls fans are underlooking the value of this season. We saw. P will shoot the three at an insane clip, along with the defence he had this year. Kobe White looks like a true starting PG that reminds me of Garland. Those two make this season worth it for me. Well, worth it to me. Uh, Our guy Troy. uh, In my kids' schools, grading, a C is a pass. This season was a fail. AK set the expectations by... Last season, 46 wins... Sixth seed, one playoff game win. This year, 
40 wins, ninth seed, no playoffs. That's a big fat F. Uh, local Bulls fans, uh, locals, uh, local Bulls fan. You're off if again. Was, I know. <laughs> I've had a long day. I'm tired. <laughs> if there was an F, I would go for it. We had our three best players play a majority of the season together, but couldn't string up even a four-game win streak. I wouldn't pin it entirely on them, while Billy didn't make major adjustments to the offence and Acme's lack of moves. Uh, Geordie Bulls, who you'll be hearing quite a lot from Geordie Bulls over these next few episodes because he's, uh, he's gone quite deep on his reviews. He has. He's, uh, he's really, really analysed everything. It's been very, uh, a very good read. Yeah, and we appreciate it. Uh, this one wasn't so deep. This was the first one, though, so we'll, we'll yeah. let him off with that. <laughs> uh, final placing, C. Against plus 500 teams, B. Against less than 500 teams, D. Uh, offense, C. Defense, B. Starters, C. Bench, D. Bulls logic, D, C, 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 D, C, D, C, D, C, B, C, D, C, C, D, C, C, B, D. Maria, enjoyed too many games to say the season was a complete failure, C. Sky Samadhi. The bet on our young guys did not come through and expecting to be better without Zoe is a bit much. And uh, Roberto Batoni from our group. Um, I know that's not your real name, but anyway. Definitely a regression from last year, despite continuity with the core and additions of Dragic, Drummond, Beverly and Terry. And then he did go into start breaking down the players, but obviously we're not that far yet. Um so yeah, that's it for the comments on the Bulls as a whole. And like I say, ultimately the result was a grade C. That the fans voted, uh, or the followers voted, however you want to word it. So, what was your grade? I gave them a D. Um, I put a small comment when I was, when I was grading it. Uh, I just basically said a losing record, inconsistency, failed playing, no playoffs, straight D. But obviously, I'll get a bit deeper into it now with you. Yeah, so I haven't commented on any of our things yet because uh, obviously I wanted to wait for this. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I can't remember what I graded them. Um, but yeah, I'd probably go with myself. Um, I'm just trying to see what I did actually vote now. But anyway, yeah, like I said, I'd probably go with a C bordering towards D um, and I think it was you've got to sort of like say if you break it down right from the very start it was just disappointing wasn't it yeah absolutely uh, as we've mentioned time and time again you know AK said what we needed to improve on and then did nothing right uh, we watched the same shit the season as to what we saw back in the last season. Yeah. The same things that AK said he needed to improve on. Um, which, like I said, just said, he didn't. Yeah. So then we get to the All-Star break and he comes out and gives the usual, you know, business answers of, yeah, we, we know what needs to be done. Um, we, you know, we know that we've got three-point shooters, we just don't take enough of them, blah, blah, blah. And then 
doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. We get to the buyout, and obviously after the All Star break, and we bring in Pat Bev, who obviously we'll get into later on, but he wasn't what we needed in terms of three point shooting and size and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, he did have an effect because obviously we were above 500 after the All-Star break. Was it 14 and 9 we finished the yeah. season? But then you go into the play-in and we see that the same problems were there that we've had all season. And ultimately, it cost us. Um, You know, so like I said, this grade is on the full team. And obviously, we are going to break it down more individually after this. But to me, the the problems that we've had started, like I've said earlier on, you know, well back into last season. And then the problems we've had now is because AK has done nothing about it. He, despite yeah. saying that he wanted improvements, and to improve would have been what two wins in the playoffs. Yeah. What? Yeah. We didn't even make the playoffs. Nope. And we were also a above 500 team last year. And we were a below 500 team this year. Yeah. And in his first year, weren't we, a, we was a losing team then as well, weren't we? Yeah. I can't remember what the record was. but So, we've had AK and Billy and all that. And we've had one winning season. Just. Yeah. Um, because that wasn't fantastic either, was it? <laughs> no, no. I know um, it was played by injury in regards to we lost two of our starters, but still. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, last episode we went over our preseason predictions and some, yeah. of, some other people's preseason predictions, and the the sort of the hope was there, wasn't it? The definitely, the, you know, bit of hype and yeah. Everything hindered on Lonzo Ball. That's kind of how it felt. If well, yeah. We, if we got him back, we'd have probably been better. But obviously, we didn't get him back. And obviously, they said that they weren't really prepared for that. They didn't have enough information to prepare for that. I don't know about that. You know, and... You kind of think moving forward, you've got that information there now. So you're going to have to do something about it. But, I mean, obviously we don't want to talk too much about the off-season just yet. Um, you know, so to me, the, the problems that this Bulls team have got, it starts with AK, just through his lack of activity. Yeah. For the last two years, essentially. Um you know, he's kind of left Billy out, hung him out to dry a couple of times and leaving him to answer the questions, whether it was on Lonzo, you know, if there's going to be any moves, stuff like that, you know. We know that historically he only talks at, was it the draft and his media day and then... Yeah, after the All-Star break and then the end of the season. Yeah, and I, I get it, you know, he doesn't need to really speak any more than that. But when there's issues going on, you kind of want to hear something from him. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think it just needs to be that little bit more fluid, doesn't it? I mean, it can't just be stuck in, you know, oh, well, this is the four times I I speak and and I'm not going to move away from that at all. But when the team is in a state of flux, which it has been essentially because of the Lonzo Ball situation, well, that's when he needs to move the goalpost for himself a little bit more and, and then address the media because of the situation. Yeah. And like I say, I think obviously moving down from AK, you, obviously we're going to break Billy down as well in a minute, but I think a lot of the problems what Billy's had come from AK because at the end of the day, he's put this, con- this he's constructed this roster. So Billy can only work with what he's got. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you go further from, down from that to the players. If the players aren't good enough, <laughs> then they're not going to win, are they? Simple no. as. And as a few of them comments said, you know, you've got two all-star players on the team. And obviously Vooch, who's a former all-star. Yeah, perennial all-star. Stuff like that. Yeah. And you can't even be above 500. You know, there's, there's obviously something more deep-rooted. It's not just a case of these don't work. These players don't work together. You know, it, it is the fact that we've got no three-point shooters. Yeah. We've got no, you know, lack of size in key positions. You know, what's that rim? It's, what, 10 foot up? Mm-hmm. Something like that. So if you've got seven foot guys playing against six foot six, six foot seven, guess who's going to get the ball easier? The, the people who were closer to it in the first place. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, it's just... Yeah, you know, and... I mean, it, it was it was just a frustrating season. And obviously, as I keep going back to, I was out on the team from Christmas. And what I mean by that is I, I wasn't praying for him to lose and I wasn't praying for him to tank or anything like that because I still wanted to see him win. But I just I could see from then that we just weren't going anywhere. And that's what was frustrating because there were times when I think to myself, Hang on, we might might get going now. You know, we might we might get that four game win streak. Hmm. And then we didn't. No. Nope. You know? And then, you know, even right down to the playing, we'll beat Raptors and you think, right, this is it. No. You know what I mean? And it just felt like that's how how it's been all season like you've said a few times. Complete roller coaster of a season. Yeah, there was very few highs. They come in little bits and bobs, and then there was a hell of a lot of lows, and fast into them lows as well, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Complete, complete changes. Like you know, from a sensational game, it would drop right down to an absolutely awful performance. Just one game later, it was insane. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, throwing me now. Sorry, um, <laughs> inside joke. Um, yes, it, it it was just the fact that well, the manner of the losses as well, wasn't it? You, yeah, you know, as I, I can take a loss, but 
not three times to the Pacers, three times to Magic, twice to OKC. You know, it was just if we're competitive in them games, or we actually looked like we were going to win them in the first place, then it's not so bad. Yeah, we just didn't even look like we could be bothered in a lot of games, and that was disappointing in itself. Right. Yeah. Um, and that that's pretty much listening to what you're saying over the last couple of minutes there is, is for me, it's cementing why I gave them a D overall as opposed to a C. Just it, not good enough. Yeah. I mean, like I say, mine was a C, probably bordering on a D. And I think the only reason why I went up to a C is post All-Star. Mm. Because certain things seemed to click, but then at the same time, like I say, the same problems were there and we still lost to bad teams. Yeah, which has been the concern throughout the entire season. Yeah, okay, we can get pretty high about the fact that we're beating a lot of the good teams and, and that does give you a high and it does make you feel like this team is actually better than it it looks but then they come crashing down and lose against the bad teams and you know it's like we we said in, on a previous podcast and you've said a few times what even is this team yeah it's hard to put a finger on it as to whether or not they're a good team or a bad team throughout the course of the season obviously now that we're post season and the season is done um they're a bad team it's it's that simple i mean they're under 500 and they didn't make the playoffs they're a bad team and obviously, like everyone said, it was a step back from last season, or yeah. the season before, where we were a playoff team. We were the sixth seed. We had a winning record. We sat at the number one spot for a long time. Yeah, and then it just went to shit. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> you know, but it's kind of like as if everybody's, or like AK and that, is putting it on the Lonzo Ball situation. Yeah. And yes, he is a good player. Yes, he does bring three-point shooting. Yes, he brings better defence or point-of-attack defence. But he's one person. Yeah. This this is a team and that one person isn't even an all-star. Okay, so let me put it like this to you, right? And see see what you think of, of thinking of it from a different angle. Let's take Lonzo Ball out of it, right? And let's just say what we're lacking isn't necessarily Lonzo, but it's that true point guard that takes the thinking and the ball out of the hands of our shooters and our scorers. So it increases the the catch-and-shoot play and it decreases the thinking for these players that sometimes tend to get in their own heads sometimes overthink things and then waste the ball away yeah so would you say rather than it being a Lonzo ball issue it's more of a number one position issue yeah because obviously you put Lonzo back into it he was the starting point guard yeah and he covers all of them things, what you've just said. Yeah, because we don't, ha- even though we have 54 guards on the roster, <laughs> we, we, we don't have a Anybody true point guard. No, nobody so I... else plays 
like a true point guard, which is what Lonzo was. So maybe the weight is being put on Lonzo and everyone's thinking Lonzo ball, Lonzo ball, Lonzo ball. Take Lonzo out of it for a second. It's actually that position where we're lacking. If we had another one of our guards that wasn't a combo guard that could actually play as a true point, maybe that would be the difference. Yeah. Again, of course, we'll talk about him later on, but obviously Pat Bev did bring a little bit of that. Um, obviously, when he come in, hence mm-hmm. why we ended up going on a bit of a hot streak. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, so even if Lonzo was fit, when, you know, Lonzo's never going to play a full season. We know that. So mm-hmm. if he played, if he missed 20 games, for example, what happens in them 20 games? Because, like you just said, we don't have a true point guard backing him up. No. And even in a game situation, when he goes to the bench for his, his rest, what happens then when, whether it was Kobe or Ayo or whoever comes in? And we did kind of have it for a little bit in Gola. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, he was the wrong choice because of his age. Obviously, you know, he didn't even finish the season with us. No. And that was kind of what was expected with the signing of Gola. That's why fans were down on it. Yeah, exactly. And and unfortunately, it proved to be true. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just a season of frustration, disappointment. And well, it started with high expectations as well, didn't it? It really did, yeah. And finished with nothing. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I've got nothing else on the team. I don't know if you have. No, I've pretty much said all I need to say. Um, it just, for me, it was just, uh, it was just disappointing. Yeah, um, I mean, it's hard to break down the team without going. Mm-hmm. That's where we'll go now. The individuals, as we've done with the results, with Billy Donovan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes, Billy Donovan. <laughs> Um, as you may have already seen, obviously the post gone up. Uh, from what everybody's voted, he finishes with a C. Uh, and that C was actually fifty percent of the vote as well. Okay. Anyway, um, a few people have commented since on on it, but I'm not going to read them ones out because there's enough to to read out. Uh, so yeah, a few of the comments that we got on the Billy one. Uh, bear down again. With this much offense, uh, offensive talent, there's no reason they should be 24th in offensive rating. I blame Billy. Also, I blame him for some horrible lineup decisions like starting Ayo for a long time and having a short lease on Patrick. Uh, Nate Dorsey, D. Him and his staff personally lost games this year, including the last playing game. Roll with the most productive units when there is no tomorrow. Uh, Drummond and Kobe White deserve more minutes in that game. Pat Bev and Vooch were just present. Um, Stephanie, I don't know if it's Gabriel uh, or Gabrielle, apologies. Uh, she liked the, uh, the whole Drummich thing through the season, mm-hmm. or when it was there. <laughs> um, 
obviously uh, a lot of the time she uh, she retweeted that one. Um, needs to work on developing players, especially young guys. Adapt and make adjustments mid-game if we're struggling. Better lineups and stop pulling guys who are hot. Play through big men like Vooch, who has been nothing but consistent. And then brackets, should he stick around next season? Maria, again. Easy easy to be judgmental with the benefit of hindsight. I have the same respect for Billy that his players obviously have, plus his coaching team. I liked what Mojik said about him on the Bulls Talk podcast. Also, you mentioned discussing coaching decisions with a pro. Um, and it's, I think it says during our appearance on um, Chicago Bulls Central, mm-hmm. which we'll mention again in a minute. Uh, <laughs> Samadhi, just feel that Billy needed to use his players in more ideal situations to score or defend. I can elab- I can elaborate more, but Twitter doesn't have enough space for this rant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Troy, I often feel like that. Yeah. Troy, uh, bad, just bad. Small ball sucks, takes out the hot hand. Pretty simple. Yep. And this was the first one of Geordie Bulls. Um, quite deep. Deep dives. Uh, and he's put C. I've not seen a head coach direct his team so sporadic the last two seasons. It's not bad, but the main point of concern is his lack of obvious. And then he put he, and then he's gone into it. Plays Vooch at the three, despite we play so much better when he's next to the key. Takes out players who are playing hot, replacing them with players who then don't do much. Plays small ball when we are against a team of bigs. Uh, fails to give DT much time. Benched his biggest player, brackets Drummond, for games at a time when we needed big rebounders. Plays starters at the end of a game when we are losing badly on the first of a back-to-back. And then he's put, these are not isolated incidents. These are game after game after game. Uh, and then a few, well, a comment from uh, Zog in our group. Uh, in my mind, he cost us. Uh, be that his rotations making little sense, his reluctance to utilise players, or his in-game decisions like at the end of the Heat game. And he graded him D plus or C minus. So, what did you grade, Billy? Um, I was the same as uh, Zog, actually. Uh, I said, could have scraped a C- minus up until the Heat game. <laughs> so I bumped him to a D+. Plus. But basically, across the whole season, uh, you know, I agree with an awful lot of what's been said there. I mean, across the whole board of everybody's comments, it, it's it's covered the highs and the lows of Billy, the pluses and the minuses of Billy. And I, I agree with with a lot of what's been said. I mean... Pulling out hot hands, um, don't get it. Uh, not utilising the taller players when we're playing against oppositions that are killing us on boards, don't get it. Um, his obsession with small ball and his neglect of playing certain players, particularly in a game that's already lost uh, and only giving them like a minute or two at the end, I don't get that either. Um there's an awful lot about the decision-making that Billy tends to utilise game after game that I just can't get on board with. But that doesn't mean I'm totally against Billy either. I mean, there's a lot to like too. He he obviously has a great 
uh, rapport with his players. They all seem to really like him. Uh, and that doesn't come out of nowhere. Do you know, if they felt as though he was the reason that they weren't performing, then I'm sure that they would start to to turn away from him. Maybe that's happening and we don't see it. I don't know. But um, personally, I, I think he's a nice guy. He's a maybe just about over mediocre coach, but he had a poor season. And a lot of that is probably down to the personnel he was handed by AK. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it's hard to give accurate grades when you've only got four choices on Twitter and that anyway. Mm. Um, and again, I kind of, I give him a C, but it's more leaning towards a D. Um, and yeah, it's... Like you just said, what people have just said, and then obviously what you've said is just I think it's exactly how uh, how everybody feels on him. It's just, I mean, obviously there was a lot of heat on him at the start of the season, uh, mm-hmm. and we did kind of come out and say it's not all on Billy. But then as the season wore on, you think you start noticing the things with Billy a bit more. But then he's like the players. He can have three bad games and then a decent coach. Look at the adjustments he's making. You know, he's mm. pulled, pulled Drummond and put DJJ in at the right time. He's done whatever at the right time. Do you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden he'd go three games where you're thinking, the fuck are you doing, Billy? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? You yeah. know, like not playing any size against Raptors, for example, and stuff like that. You just think, what are you doing? And we said a few times as well, like, you want to see him get text. Mm. You want to see him challenging the refs. You want to see him calling out the refs when they've when we've seen plenty of bad decisions from him this year. And he doesn't, he just sits there chewing his gum. Yeah. If if he if he gave the referee even half the hard time he gives that chewing gum, then maybe things might go a little bit more our way as the game carries on in regards to the referees. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I want to see him turn into a whiny little bitch like some of the coaches are or some of the players are. Mm. But just get in their head a little bit. Yeah, you know, sometimes Nick, if you lean into them a little bit, it can change the outcome of the way they think. Yeah, you know, Nick Nurse does it quite well. Yeah. And he knows when to challenge very well as well. Mm-hmm. How many times did we see the players telling Billy to challenge something. And he's like, yeah. No. And then when he does come to challenge stuff, you're thinking, what the fuck have you challenged that for, Billy? You know, it's the second quarter. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then something will happen later on in the fourth and it's like, well, we haven't got a challenge now, Billy. Nice one. <laughs> and then the next game, he'll leave it and leave it and leave it. And then it's like, no, I'm not challenging anything. It's like, yeah. And... He must be certainly high up in the rankings of coaches throughout the league of not using challenges. <laughs> Seriously, though, I mean, obviously, I, can't, I don't know the other coaches well enough, but he has to be up there. I mean, very few challenges throughout the course of the season. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, that's not not the worst part of his game. No. no. I think that, like I say, if... 
what it's as if he wants to try and be friends with everybody, whether it's the players, the refs, or whatever. It's like he doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But you know what? Fuck the refs. If they've made a bad call, they've made a bad call. Tell them right. they've made a bad call. You know, I mean, obviously, like Tony Brothers all year, why was nothing said by anybody else in the Bulls organisation? The fans could see it. And I'm sure they can afford a 25 grand fine or a 50 grand fine, you know what I mean? Mm. Just for saying the referees were bad. Plenty of other coaches do it. Plenty of other players do it. So... You know, and to me, that sort of starts from Billy when the players are reluctant to, to say stuff as well. Yeah, that that little bit of I don't know, like lack of passion, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's how it comes across. It's like, well, yeah, whatever. Just we'll 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 sort it out. We'll we'll, we'll lose this game, and then we'll talk about it in the video sessions or whatever. And I mean, obviously, going back to Maria's point about when we mentioned on Chicago Bulls Central over the weekend that we'd been chatting with somebody um, that explained a couple of Billy's decisions. Obviously, that person is Gav, who we've had on before. Yeah. Um, he coaches um, at quite a, a decent level, obviously, within the UK. He's worked with Team GB. Um, obviously, plays like Ben Gordon in the past, and he's mentioned he worked with Nick Nurse. And we've gone to him a few times when Billy's been getting a bit of stick this season, haven't we? Yeah. Um, just to get a a coach's opinion on on a coach, basically. <coughs> and in particular, obviously, the Heat game, when we pulled Kobe at the end, or when Billy pulled Kobe at the end. Obviously, the fans have gone mad about it. And what Gav said to us was, as a coach, you kind of learn when a player's cooling off. You know, they've only got a certain time period where they're going to stay hot. And Kobe was coming to the end of that time period. And obviously, I think uh, somebody else has broke it down on Twitter where there's a couple of defensive players where Kobe made mistakes um, in the lead up to him obviously getting pulled. So Pat Bev gets put in for the defensive side. So, yeah. Ultimately, it looks like a bad call by Billy. And you do kind of think, well, yeah, Kobe, he was hitting threes. Keep him in there. He could have hit maybe two more that would have put the game to bed. Um, But then, obviously, when you hear it from a coach's perspective, you do kind of think, well, maybe he was right. It's just... Obviously, the coach is always the first to get the blame in a loss, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a judgment call in that moment as well, of course. Yeah, because if that had a wet, Pat Bev would have come in and not leapfrogged Bamard Adebayo <laughs> and stuff like that, then you're thinking, well, what a call that was. Mm. But too many times this year that they've not worked. <laughs> you know, That's the issue, isn't it? And, and when it's at such a, an important moment that really hinges the difference between season being over... And moving on to the playoffs, it carries more weight, of course. Yeah. And then obviously the, the big thing is, as Troy mentioned, small ball. Mm. No, I hate small ball. And, you know, yeah, we've mentioned before, you know, DJJ, 
Mr. Ever Ready. It doesn't always work, though. You know what I mean? You sit in a player for so long, they're not in the game. Yeah. So then to throw them in a game against, whether it's like Jarrett Allen or whoever, they're going to struggle. Especially when you've got someone like Andre Drummond out there who can quite easily go up against them. Mm. But, yeah, so... I mean, he's what he's a losing coach at the minute as well, isn't he? For us, I think. Yeah. I don't. I ain't got the record to hand like, but I don't. Over, th- over the course of three years, he's a losing coach. <laughs> it's like how with the team that we've got. That's you know he's probably close to a five hundred, isn't he? To be fair, just I'd say it would need to be. Yeah, be close enough. You know, because I've obviously last season been a winning one, and to be fair, he was only. One game below five hundred this season, won't we? So, mm. um, but yeah, obviously the thing is, he's not going anywhere. No, as much as fans would like him to, he's obviously had that secret extension. Yeah. So I think as we move forward, it comes back to Ake again. <laughs> he's got to construct a better roster for Billy to work with put big players there so he has to use big players you know uh, whether Billy can use big players or not remains to be seen but yeah obviously Billy can only work with what he's got but when you've got someone like Andre Drummond use him Mm -hmm. that's the bit that frustrates me with Billy and yeah, I just, like I say, he's not going anywhere, is he? That's It doesn't look like it, no. That's the thing what's going to piss the fans off, I think. Um, yeah, but I mean, right now, I think money is going to be so tight moving forward with all the different um, contracts that need to be renewed or replaced. Billy Donovan being let go when he's already been paid an extension and then bringing somebody else in as well is pretty unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, I think obviously Billy's grade has ended up matching the Bulls' grade. So, you know, I think you kind of take that for what it is, don't you? Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, if Billy was a better coach, then Bulls would have got a better grade. Yeah. And if certain players played better, because they were coached better, then they'd have got a better grade. Mm-hmm. Both of them. So, obviously, to the point about Dale and Terry as well, you know, this thing of that he doesn't develop the youth or the young players, and that's clear to see as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, fans were crying out for Terry to get some minutes. And... You kind of think to yourself, well, I can see why he's not put him in. But then at the same time, is we don't know because we've not seen him. And the fans wouldn't have got on Billy for putting him in because that's what they wanted to see. You know, so if you put him in and it doesn't work, all right, well, at least we've tried it. Yeah. But persisting with just giving him garbage time is, yeah. 
So yeah, I get, I can get the frustration. I, I really do because he has been frustrating. But then it seems as if people can't praise him when he needs the praise as well. Yeah, yeah, and and, and there have been games throughout the course of the season where he deserved the praise. The Raptors game in the playing, for example. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you know, the players can't turn around a nineteen-point deficit on their own. No, he has to put in certain plays. He has to put in certain players. You know, certain rotations, all that sort of stuff. You know, he has to. So that's what people, you know, people will put that down to Zach going off in the second half. But there's a reason why Zach was cold in the first half and got hot in the second half. Mm -hmm. Because Billy's had to make some sort of adjustment for that to happen. Yeah. And that's what the bit that people don't seem to want to praise him for. Mm. Yeah, I get. But yeah, anyway, obviously, I think they're the two depressing sides of it without me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to go to the ad read before we start on the players. Yeah, we can do that for sure. Tell you a little bit about Victory Sports UK. Here at C-Red UK, we're very proud to have our partnership with Victory Sports UK. Victory Sports UK is a UK-based sports apparel and equipment store where you can get your NBA and other sporting goods, get kitted out in your favourite team gear and rep your squad, or at least wear your uh, Bulls gear throughout the summer while you wait for your team to come back playing. And all C-Red UK group members and followers can avail of a special discount code for 15% off their entire range, including products that are already on sale. Just make sure you're liking and following C-Red UK on Twitter or become part of the C-Red UK group on Facebook and Insta to receive your exclusive discount code on request. Visit victorysportsuk.co.uk to seal your victory with Victory Sports UK. Absolutely. So we're going to finish with uh, a quick player review. Uh, we're going to go through the players in alphabetical order. Um and we just wanted to get one out of the way tonight because there's been a lot said about him this week already. <laughs> and that guy is Patrick Beverly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, he finished with a B grade on the, in the vote and quite convincingly as a B as well. 63% okay. of the vote. Um, there wasn't that many comments on him, to be fair. Um, once again, Andy Zog, I've gone for B. It was clear he brought good energy to the team and held people accountable, but his reluctance, brackets, and inability to shoot meant teams were willing to leave him open and let him have the shot, and I feel like cost us at times. Um, Maria, once again, uh, did nothing of merit on the court. Uh, our guy Troy, C. It's a pass. He came in and fired up the group, but his overall play uh, kind of expected more in parts. Um, and then Midnight Walker, B, he helped change some things, not all. Still plenty of holes that one guy cannot fix. And the shooting numbers weren't great, but I don't think they even get to the play-in if he's not picked up. And as we said, Jordy Bulls started to go a bit deep on things. And he put, Pat Bev was not exactly the deal the majority of the Bulls nation wanted. However, when he first played, he showed his hustle to a degree. It was something we really didn't have much of this season. And he got a backing from the supporters. The team were pumped up and we got some big wins. 
Unfortunately, his peak was the too small aimed at LeBron. After that, he slipped into the shadows and did part of when he first came in. I rated him a C. I'm not sure if it was a Pat Bev thing for the reason his intensity's changed or a Billy reason. Uh, wouldn't be surprised. Either way, it it would have been higher rating if he kept that intensity going. That was a struggle to get out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, before we give our grades, he obviously played 22 games. He averaged 5.8 points, uh, 4.9 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 1 steal, and his 3-point shooting percentage was 30.9. What grade did you give him? I give him a C. Um, little note I put with it was instantly positive, but the Pat Bev effect was too short-lived. Yeah. Um, I can't remember, again, what grade I give him. I should have remembered this, but um, I think I actually went with a B. And obviously anyone who listens to this knew that I was high on him coming in. Um you know, I was excited by the signing. I'd said long before, I think it was like way back in sort of October, November time, that he was a sort of player I thought this team needed. Uh, yeah, I did go with the beat. Um, and, yeah, I think the Pat Bev effect was there to see when he, when he first come in. Over the course of the 22 games, that Pat Bev effect didn't seem to be there. No. Towards the end. Um, and then on to, obviously, what's actually been said this week is he obviously appreciates his time at Bulls. Um, loved playing for Chicago, obviously in Chicago. And he doesn't know if he'll be back next year, but he's looking to get 13 to 15 million. Right. <sighs> yeah. I mean, if that's what he's looking for, he ain't getting it in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, mainly because we can't afford it. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it just, it's unrealistic. And to be honest with you, the fact that he didn't say, I want to stay in Chicago or I want to make that kind of money in Chicago or anything to that effect, it was more a case of, I've loved my time here. Thanks a million. <laughs> See you later. Uh, yeah. It kind of it sounded like a bit of a swan song to me. I mean, essentially, if Bulls were to pay him that 13 to 15, you're paying him for his leadership and that's it. Yeah. Because what he offers on the court, it's not worth 13 to 15 million. No. You know, the fact he come in and said he was a 40% shooter and then goes on to shoot 30% is, you know, yeah, it's not good. His rebounding was impressive and obviously his defensive intensity was impressive. But the fact that teams were quite happy leaving him open, wide open for threes and he's still only a 30% shooter. 30% shooter from three? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> and as Jordy Bull said, it, it was as it was, seemed as if he did peak at the too small to LeBron. Yeah, it was as if all his intention was on was beating Lakers once, 
Yeah. Because, you know, he said he wanted to stop Lakers getting to the playoffs. Well, guess what, Pat? They're in the playoffs. Yeah, and we're not. Yeah. And guess what? It's also the first time you've not made the playoffs in your career. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that Heat game, he was. I think that was the worst game as well, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, it just, just seemed to offer nothing in that game. And it was as if even he'd give up by that point. And... I mean, obviously, we started listening to his podcast as well, didn't we? When we first come in, and yeah, we soon stopped as well. Um, mainly because for the first ten minutes of one of them, he was talking about parking his car. Yeah, and look, I, you know, I've said all along, if we can bring him back on a vet minimum to bring him off the bench, then yeah, happily do that. And before he come in, I said I would admit if I was wrong about how hyped I was about him coming in. But I did say it was going to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I don't, I don't think I was wrong, but I don't think I was 100% right either about him. Um, because he did bring some some good moments. Um it just not enough of them. And like I say, I would have him back on a vet minimum coming off the bench. To me, he's not a starting PG. Or not for us anyway. No. No, no, no. We need we need more from our point guard, as we've discussed. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't he doesn't bring on enough of what we need. Yeah, and I mean that little mini LA series. I think we actually saw saw the real Pat Bev then, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Because game one against Lakers, you could tell that he was going out there because he wanted to beat Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know, give the two small to LeBron. Then the following night against Clippers, where was he? You know, yeah. And then the next or two nights later against Lakers, he got called too small by Austin Reeves. Right. And he did nothing about it. And it was as if that was the end of Pat Bev. Because it was as if he'd been embarrassed and what have you by former teammate, you know, pretty much a rookie within the league still. And he just did nothing about it. There was no fight there, was there? Do you know what I mean? And no. It kind of feels like a lot... Not another Tristan Thompson, because he did a lot more than Tristan Thompson. But that's kind of where it went. It was all all words and not enough action. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, we don't know what he was like in the locker room. Um, the players aren't going to come out and say anything bad about him because obviously we saw the video with Zach and uh, Damao and they were saying, you know, he even sleeps aggressively and <laughs> we know that Zach wanted him here and stuff like that, but yeah, so... Would you want him back next year? Um, well, y- yes and no. Um, would I want him back? I wouldn't mind. Would I want him back as a starter? No. Would I want him back for that kind of money that he's looking for? Absolutely not. Um, I just don't think you get enough positive out of him. Um, it's like I, I've 
said before and I've been kind of joking about or saying it tongue in cheek, the Pat Bev effect became the Pat Bev defect. And unfortunately, we saw both sides of the coin with Pat Beverly, but it wasn't like we get with Andre Drummond where you can see the two sides of Andre Drummond within minutes on the, on the same in the same game on the court. This was the first half of Pat playing for us. You saw the positive side of the coin. And unfortunately, once that coin flipped, which seems to be like you say, after the two small against the Braun, all we got was the, the, the negative side of the coin for the remainder of the season. Yeah. I mean, when you look at obviously how his season went, from the start, you know, he started out on the Lakers. Um, I think I can't remember. If someone said he was on thirteen million then, or it was eight million, one or the other. Mm-hmm. He got traded to Orlando Magic and bought out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So for him to now be going out there and demanding, or saying he's going to be demanding thirteen to fifteen million, when the Bulls have just paid you, what was it, 800 and summit to finish the season? Mm-hmm. You've got to be a bit realistic about it, aren't you? Yeah. But, like, you know, <laughs> one thing you've got to give Pat, Pat Beverly, and if, you, if you've heard him in any kind of uh, interviews or listened to his podcast at all, the guy is hyped up on his own hype. <laughs> he really, really believes in himself yeah and um you know it's hard to knock that that that's possibly a a good thing that maybe some of us could all do with a little bit more of but at some point you've got to realize you're drinking your own kool-aid that you're making and maybe you need to kind of take a little bit of a realistic perspective too yeah yeah so um i mean i've got nothing else on him if you no, no, I don't. No, I don't. Yeah. So let's say that episode starts our season review. Uh, there is still some more player opinion polls to come tomorrow, um, which will pretty much finish them off. And then next week we will speak about them on the episodes that we do next week. Yep. Uh, and then that'll obviously complete our season recap so yeah um, as usual I've been Matt you can find me on Twitter at MattCRedUK and you can find us on all socials at CRedUK and you find me on Twitter at NeilCRedUK as always we'd like to thank you for tuning in please feel free to leave comments we're both active on the socials and don't forget to subscribe and give us the all important five star review and um, the group still goes throughout the off season. Uh, we stay on the socials throughout the off season, and we will still be bringing you these pods throughout the uh, the off season too. Even though we might be dropping them down to uh, a little bit less frequency. Um, until next time, wherever you are in the world, see red, go Bulls. Percolator, it's time for the percolator. Percolator.